You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. And I'm getting Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holyoke Cathedral. Mark Teresi is unable to join this morning, so I'll be doing solo. We have a great program lined up. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. It's Hard to believe last Wednesday and Thursday, around 100 each day, doesn't include temperature humidity index, and the weekend was beautiful. Uh, The White Sox have gone from bad to worse, and for those in the Cubs, I'll tell you something, they are a tough team in a huge three-game series beginning this evening at Really Field. The Brewers winners of eight in a row versus the Cubs in Chicago Cubs four games out of first. Right now, they're in the wild card. And uh, I'll tell you something. The Cubs are uh, making some noise in baseball. And the Bears a week from Sunday open up against the Green Bay Packers here in Chicago. That's your sports report. I think the weather's supposed to be about 85 degrees. So you get it all here on Relevant Radio. Not Relevant Radio. We get it here on uh, WNDZ 750 AM. Tremendous program lined up for this morning. Do not discard is a new book by Chicago author Marlene Byrne based on the true life story of Sam, an orphan who was thrown in the trash as an infant. The book chronicles Sam's story from a garbage dump in El Salvador as he rises above adversity in an orphanage and the streets of El Salvador to arrive in Chicago. Joining us for the first half hour of today's program is Marlene Byrne, a very active parishioner with her husband Brian at St. Red the Woods in Chicago's Northwest Side. Marlene, welcome to the program this morning. How are you? I'm great. You're reminding me that I'm from Wisconsin. My husband's from Chicago. So these next few weeks are going to be a big deal, right? No, wait, wait, the Marlene. And the Brewers. So you are <laughs> a Packers fan. Of course. If you're from Wisconsin, you're a Packers okay, fan. Okay, Clinton I'm sorry. and Clinton and Brian, this program <laughs> is, it, is the over. The interview's over. <laughs> this interview is over. I had all these years I've known you. I'm sorry. I forgot you're a big Packer fan and a Brewers yeah. fan. Yeah, I know. My that's, mother and my and my uh, and my husband will be back and forth all week. That, yeah. of course, now Brian is a big Bears fan. Now, what part he of is. Wisconsin are you from originally? I grew up in a small town south of Green Bay, so it's called Brilliant, but it's very small. Yeah. Were you yeah. near uh, Door County? Um, so it's south of Green Bay, and Door County would be north of Green Bay. So Door County it. was maybe an hour, hour and fifteen away. Yeah. Well, I hate to say yeah. this for the last thirty years. The Packers have owned the Bears between two <laughs> <No>. quarterbacks, <laughs> Rodgers and Brett Favre. 
I have, know. In fact, it's not even a uh, rivalry. Rivalry is where you got kind of go back and forth winning. Right. The Packers have owned the Bears, but hopefully. A week from Sunday, yeah, finally the Bears be can win a game. But uh, right, well, two I, young quarterbacks. We'll see. Well, first of all, I arrived at St. Mary of the Woods as the associate right. pastor in July of 1992. Spent 18 marvelous years with a wonderful faith right. community. Right. You and Brian moved in in what year? We moved in in '98. So then, at that point, I was already the pastor. You were. And you Father were the Leo pastor. Man was the pastor emeritus. Right. And the the one thing we all talk about, about you, and it's so appropriate that you and I are talking about this book because you're the one that really introduced us to NPH, but you never forget a name. And we could, we would, we first met you at the new parishioners dinner. And the next thing we knew, we'd go to communion, you'd say our name and we'd walk back to the pew like, how does he do that? (laughs) So that is truly one of your, um, your secret talents is remembering people. It's amazing. Well, thank you very much, Mary. Well, <laughs> you're Marlene. <laughs> but you, as, you, as you get older, which you're still young, oh, as you get harder. older, it gets harder. I know. It does I know. get harder with I names. Know. It does. It's just, it does. It's, it's it does. one of those yeah. things. But, but yeah. now the thing is, you're going to have to help me with some dates here now. Yeah. I know yeah. then Father Ron Hicks, who is now yeah, so, Bishop Ron Hicks of Joliet. So right. I had we had... Uh, Father Hicks then called different parishes in Chicago to have right. that group is called NPHs, uh, Nuestros um, Pequeños Hermanos. Hermanos. And yeah. was that in about the year early 2000s? Yeah, you know, I think it was probably somewhere around 2005 okay. when we actually had the, the you know, he they would come to different parishes do a kind of a dinner and a dance they would have their music and dance troupe and parishioners would host the kids for the four or five days that they would go to five different parishes Mm -hmm. um sort of around chicago and saint mary of the woods of course you offered us to be the hosts and then the principal at the time asked me to help be involved in you know as the moms would do the mother's club in the event itself so i was in charge of placing kids at different um homes so that's you know that's how it sort of started but um i didn't know father ron or any of nph before you introduced them to saint mary so when they came to the parish in about 2005 all these beautiful children these orphans Mm -hmm. from el salvador from nph then i know you had two children in your home for that yes. one week, but then it yes. is now okay. But now we have to fast forward. The book you wrote, titled "Do Not Discard," is about Sam. So right. maybe tell us how did you meet Sam and what is his story that all connects with NPH and now Bishop right, right. Ron Hicks? Because I know that it was a it was it was it was very moving when those children yes. came to the parish and right. were part of the uh, Saturday, I think it was a Saturday evening mass, and we had a, a yeah. banquet afterwards in the gymnasium, and hundreds yes. came to the gathering, and the children yes. in their garb. And these are children who come from the poorest of the poor in El Salvador, yes. who were literally yeah. discarded, and then the whole thing, right. Nuestros Pequenos Hermanos, right. gives children new life, new hope. But now how does Sam weave into this whole story, Marlene? <laughs> 
So when you talk about moving, you know, I went to that event. I met those children. I didn't meet one. Sam was not part of the troop that came to the U.S. at the time. So I, I just fell in love with the whole organization. So I, I volunteered in the organization and then was asked to be on the board of directors. I went down to El Salvador for the international board meeting with the family, with the kids. And then when I got back, Juan had been approved for a grant at Shriners. His cleft palate was too bad to fix with Doctors Without Borders or, or, or anyone else. He was too old and it was a very deep cleft palate. So Shriners here in Chicago offered to take him on. Um, they asked if he could stay with some of us. Three families um, said they would do it. Um, eventually they both backed out for uh, very different reasons and we ended up with Juan well Bishop Ron now then Father Ron decided Juan shouldn't come by himself so he sent Sam along so instead of getting one kid part-time we got two kids full-time and they came in and out of our house for about three and a half years oh so that's how it happened so which means when back the original gathering in 2005 yes. that Juan was with another family Sam did not come, and then because of Juan's cleft palate, and it was horribly disfigured, that when Shriners accepted him, when Juan came back to your home to undergo surgeries and testing, but Bishop Hicks felt Juan shouldn't come alone, Sam joined. So that's how you then met Juan and of course, then and Sam. Sam. Yeah. Okay, now take and it you know, to, take it Juan, from has, Juan has no legs. So he's on two prosthetic legs. His legs were burned off in a fire as a child. That's really how he ended up at NPH. So I think that contributed to why Bishop Ron wanted someone with him to get through the airports and carry crutches and do all those kinds of things because he is truly disabled with, with two prosthetic legs. So as when well. Juan and so, Sam came into your home, they were about how old each? Um, about 17. Okay. Oh, so they were, they're not like 10 or 11 years old. No, no, they're, no. They're no. They 17. Were, they were 16, 17. Yeah. And they both come into your home. But now, of course, with you and Brian, but you yourself have, was it two children? Two children, Matt and Maggie. Yeah. And how old were Matt and Maggie at the time? They were probably about, I'm trying to think, maybe eight and six. So here you Something then become, like instead of a family of four, you became a family of six. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for at periods of time, right. And they would come in for a month and they'd be gone for two months because he would be healing back in El Salvador. So we worked very closely with the team in El Salvador, Brenda and, fa- and Father Ron, um, to his to manage his care back and forth with the doctors. So, well, then right. if, we, if we now kind of move it in this direction, that is, uh, what is Sam's story? So, you know, it was it was interesting as Sam as Sam was sitting on our couch watching Spanish soap operas while Juan was in the hospital at Shriners, we decided and and really not even me so much, but another parishioner, you know, Mary Jo Howard, who helped us a lot, um, decided he should he should be doing something productive. So she found him an English class at the Romero Center and he started taking English as a second language. Fast forward to the end of all of this, and the the teacher there says, he's so smart. He should go to college. He has kept up with all the people who are here full time, but he comes in and out, and he's so smart. So we talked to Bishop Hicks and said, um, if he wants to go to school, we'll support that, and we'll help him go to school here in the U.S., and he did. And so that's how Sam sort of stayed on as our extended family. He went to school here. 
you know, long story, we, we met the El Salvadorian consulate general because we were having problems with visas and things like that for an orphan that, you know, that's hard. Mm -hmm. And she fell in love with Sam and she ended up at the end hiring him in the consulate here in Chicago. So he has sort of had this journey of, you know, coming from being thrown in the trash as an infant, being rescued by a man who then gets killed, going to one orphanage, being one of the first NPH El Salvadorian orphans, meeting Father Ron, becoming his driver, coming here, going to college, and becoming a consulate, becoming a diplomat. Now, isn't so today, it's, it's, an, is it's Sam, a crazy story. Is Sam today married and now living yes. in Chicago? Yes. That is amazing. He so, is. Which, so which means you see Sam and his family often. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll be at uh, with us for Labor Day weekend, yes. That he got married amazing. in our backyard. So if you go back to his infancy, Sam yes. was found in a trash bin in El Salvador, literally discarded and found by He a was actually found in the dump, which is even worse. So he went in a garbage truck and was dumped into the dump. And a man saw his little hand move in the dump and rescued him. So he wow. was rescued out of a dump in so El Salvador. Because didn't you say to me that um, in El Salvador, the garbage is taken by truck to this dump area where many yes. of the poorest of the poor salvage through the live. dump area yep. looking for food. Yes. They've since gotten rid of some of the what they used to call the garbage villages. Yeah. Um, and, and I think El Salvador is in a better place today. Um, but in those days, you know, there was a civil war on when Sam was born in the 80s. And it was uh, the poorest of the poor, poverty, no social programs, government was a mess. So, yeah, even when, you know, the story is when Jorge found him and took him to the hospital, they, you know, developed a birth certificate for him and 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 prescribed his his birth date. But there were no social services. So they basically said to him, you want to take him home? And he was like, OK, so Jorge took him home. I mean, there wasn't this, you know, as we think of it, this social programs and the and the, you know, this was a time of civil war. And it so was, you know, Jorge survive, found survival. Sam in the in the garbage dump area. Yes. yes. Took him home. And how many years later was Jorge killed? You know, it's a little sketchy, quite frankly. Some of, you know, Bishop Ron has the best records he can find of mm -hmm. Sam, probably six or seven years. So he was probably six or seven, they figure, when when Jorge died. And then he he at some point went to his, his brother, it was not a good situation, and then went to the first orphanage. Mm -hmm. and, and when NPH opened, Father Wasson, who opened those orphanages, would go and, and say, where, where are you overcrowded? Where is their need? And he really started most of his orphanages with like 10-year-old boys. And he would mm -hmm. start with the boys and he would build up the orphanage over time. Sam was one of those first orphans that went to the NPH home in El Salvador. On that note, we're going to take a break here, Marlene. So you're listening to yeah. uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408 with a question or comment for Marlene, our guest. And you can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwood, stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial.
Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday Night Supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests, who are often experiencing homelessness, are offered disposable cameras, and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then, the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Meet the artists and see their extraordinary photos at this year's After Supper Visions photo exhibition on Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. in Vincent Hall at 721 North LaSalle Street. That's Friday, September 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. Visit After Supper Visions for more information. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. <laughs> Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 847- 782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Our guest is Marlene Byrne, the author of Do Not Discard, the inspiring story of a forgotten boy who refused to give up. And let me hold up the book right here next to my face here, Do Not Discard <laughs> by Marlene Byrne. And Marlene came out in 2023. How can yeah. someone get a copy of your terrific book, Do Not Discard? 
So the book is available on Amazon. Um, and so, you know, simple and easy to order. Um, it's best if you're if you're searching to search both the name and the author last name. So do not discard and just put Byrne in there. It'll be very easy okay. to find. B-Y-R-N-E, Marlene Byrne, do not yes. discard. Yes. It's an outstanding book. Now, along those lines, Marlene, you've given us some of the background of Sam and also Juan and the whole yeah. thing of yeah. how it started from St. Mary of the Woods and uh, Bishop Ron Hicks uh, from El Salvador. What inspired you to write the book? So, you know, I think I think there's just um, there are there are stories out in the universe that just need to be told. And Sam's is one of those very inspirational stories. You can't think about what he has all gone through. And, you know, if you meet him again, I'm a little biased, of course, but he's 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 not angry. He's not um, bitter. He he is he is really caring what NPH did for him, what all the people who came together, the the dominoes that had to fall to make him go from, you know, being thrown in the trash all the way to where he is today. It's an incredible story and testament to the good in people. And I'm, I'm a big believer that if you put good out into the universe, good will come back. And, and I think that is, that is so true in, in Sam's story. It is, it is about people doing good things. And all we hear about today is negative, negative, negative. Our, our media is so negative. The stories of the people out there is also negative, but there's a lot of really good in the world. I think those stories need to be told too. And that's a little bit of this story. I, there, are so many people that stepped up to make this this journey for Sam happen not not me there you know again I think there are people that are out there doing really searching to do good work and 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 it, it it's important to to see that someone like Sam can be inspirational not only that he took this opportunity and made it into something but the way he did it the way he carries himself with forgiveness and with with dignity and and just with with humble you know humble grace and I think that is um, a, a real testament to sort of the inspirational side of reading Sam's story where you feel wow here's someone if he can do it I can do it you know kind of thing because you know he he really is an inspiration what's really find interesting is that uh, here Juan comes to your home for the surgeries at Shriners and Bishop Hicks felt didn't want Juan to come alone Sam comes and changes everything but now here's an interesting fast well first of all I've said this before in the year about a month ago Someone can say, oh, what a coincidence that Juan came to your home and Sam came to your mm-hmm. home and I brought Bishop Hicks in 2005 <laughs> to come to the parish. And again, right. a coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. So yeah. you know, we can, I, say, I, we can say this, we can say that. There's definitely a journey here, but exactly. Somehow, for the non-believer, the non-believer will say, oh, it, it's a coincidence. The believer defines it as the th- weaving and threading through of God in and through our lives so a coincidence yeah. is God's way of remaining anonymous. But now, yeah. there's no question that you and Brian, your family, have so touched Sam's life. But let's flip it's it nice. around. How has Sam touched and impacted your life? Well, I, I say this all the time. People will say to us, oh, my God, you did such a great thing. I'm like, mm, no. He has changed the way we we look at things. I'll tell you a story. We were 
at one point Maggie was get, having her first communion and Sam and Juan were in town. And of course she's going through her, you know, piles of baby photos, which, you know, we're, we're all guilty of taking, you know, every five seconds snapping pictures of our kids. <laughs> and as she's going through it, she's asking Sam, you know, well, why don't you, where's your, I'd like to see your baby photos. He's sitting there with her laughing and he says, I don't have any baby photos. There's nobody that took a picture of me. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have any of that. The first picture that Sam ever had taken of him was the day he came to NPH at 10 years old and they take mm -hmm. mugshots of the kids. That's his yeah. first picture. And he taught my kids their privilege in very simple ways. You know, we would be near Christmas and my one of the kids would say, well, I need this. And Sam would just lean over and he would be need. Do you understand the definition of that word? Yeah. <laughs> Again, he, he, he taught us all to be a little more humble, to understand how privileged and how lucky we are. And, and again, I, you know, I, I think those are just simple gifts that you, that so many people get when, when you read these kind of stories, when you're reminded of how lucky and fortunate we all are. Bishop Hicks, Hicks had a, had a sermon one time and he talked about uh, uh, really understanding poverty. And he said, well, none of us can ever really understand poverty because even if we lost everything and had no food and had nothing, we have family and we would go and live with them. And if our house burned down, someone would step up. We have those those crutches that are that make us never really have to face true poverty. True poverty is when you have no one to turn to yeah. and nothing. Um, and so it's 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 interesting to be reminded of how lucky we are and to understand how fortunate we are. Yeah, make, I think, make sure that we're happy about that. Yeah, I think, you know, Marlene hit right on the head, and that is we take for granted, for example, pictures of our childhood, a home. And then also when your children I say, oh, mom, for, dad, I need for, I, I, I want this, yeah. I need this. And, <laughs> right. and all of a sudden, Sam in his own way, the right. first photo of me ever taken, I was 10 years old. And yeah. here is a child, did not know who his mother was or his right. father, and literally right. found in a, a dumping grounds area because yeah. his little infant hand is moving, and a gentleman right. finds him, takes him home, was later killed, and right. he has no roots in terms of a family. And so right. it sometimes frustrates me that when so, people get so frustrated and angry over things that are so insignificant... Yes. And someone like Sam, who wasn't yes. badgering your children or you or Brian, nope. Nope. in a very humble way saying, in, in his own words, and so how he's impacted your life. Now, right. in writing this book, it was was Sam a part of the writing of the book? Yeah. How so? So, so... so you know, I know Sam's story when he got here, but the backstory and all the things he went through, I would interview him. You know, Sam's very much a part of our life. We consider him our child at this point. He's, you know, he, he I said he got married in our backyard. He is, he is part of our family now, but uh, you know, when we wrote this, it was hard because there's even, a, you know, he was a baby and he was young and there are things he doesn't remember. So I always say this is all based on a true story. We know the facts. But again, you have to weave a story that's interesting to, to read. So so that was a little bit of, you know, using Jorge as sort of a, a guardian angel over Sam um, while he was in, in El Salvador to help tell some of that story and make readers understand what that country was like at the time and, 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 and things like that. But the, the, the main 
main part of, you know, of my writing and, and I, my goal in writing is to tell positive stories, to write mm -hmm. what I call good stories. There's so much good out there. And this was a no brainer for me, obviously, because I experienced so much of it, but all there are so many people and stories out there and I continue to write. I have been a writer my whole life. Um, it is, it is imperative that we all read and and search good positive things in our life and reading good stories is one of those things and you are a terrific writer and you're a gifted speaker but also you are very compassionate and the word compassionate means from the greek to suffer with so if someone says of you you are a compassionate person they've given you a very high compliment because the word compassion yeah. means to suffer with and to be able not to feel not feel sorry for pat him on the head, right. but to walk that journey with him. Now we're just about out of time here, Marlene. So again, yeah. one more time, a hold of the book. Do not yeah. discard. And how can people get your beautiful new book? So the book is on Amazon. If you search your Amazon, um, you'll be able to get it um, through the Amazon um, online. Well, I want to thank in a very special way our guest Marlene Byrne, the author of Do Not Discard which is on sale now, can be picked up. And also, yeah. Marlene, please give my love to Brian and the family. Yes, And yes. all the people from St. Mary of the Woods who are such a part of my yes. life from 1992 We talk to about you fondly often. And even to this day, <laughs> yes. but Father Richie Kubik is a wonderful pastor. Yes, Father Gudeme, yes. And the staff yes. of St. Mary of the Woods today. Yes, but, uh, yes. You know, you, you haven't changed. You're young looking today. <laughs> as you and I first met oh, you in 19, you're a good liar. Come on. 1998. <laughs> and so you're listening to Catholic... Uh, Catholic Chicago, we're on WNDZ. So Marlene, love to the family, and thanks for being with us in this first you. half hour. And 312-255-8408. You also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, WNDZ 750. Father Greg Sackowitz, stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. And again, do not touch this dial. 312-255-8408.